Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 127 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So many runners train as hard as they can every time they run. And if they feel like they're not exhausted by the end of the workout, they haven't maximized their time, which can lead to plateau, boredom, injury, or burnout. So wouldn't it be nice to make progress without having to feel so tired all the time? This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Ah, fatigue. I feel like today is one of those days that I am definitely tired, so I can quite understand the idea of feeling tired, as <laughs> can all parents and real-life runners, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're training at like a, a legit level and you're also working any other job slash parenting on top of everything, it, it's all... It's or just, working it's all... multiple jobs and running your own business and parenting. And parenting. And doing all the other stuff. Right. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> And I had a really hard workout this morning, so I get it. But so today we're going to be talking about this idea of not just fatigue, but this idea of training smarter, not harder. Now that is probably a tagline you've heard before, train smarter, not harder. But how many of you actually listen to it and apply that to your life? Like, do you actually try to find ways to train smarter or do you just kind of go out every time and really try to... You know, have a hard workout. Just grind it out. Grind every time. it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's now that it's it's reached spring. It's it's track season. So I've got um, distance runners that I'm coaching, but I've also got the sprinters and yeah. jumpers and throwers, and everybody brings a little different mentality. And some of the kids are coming over from playing football, mm-hmm. and it's a whole different mindset because. Mm-hmm. I've watched about football practice. The coach yells a lot. There's a lot of whistle blowing. There's a lot of screaming and and going as hard as you possibly can at all times, mm-hmm. which is just it's not possible. Like, right. You you can't. Well, not as a distance runner, you can't. You know, like, but that's why sprinters and distance runners are also very different runners to coach, right? I yes. mean, like when you when you coach sprinters, they have to do a lot of those maximum types of efforts and then take a lot of downtime in, in between them. Like, you know, you you and I were talking about it and how funny it is the difference between like the distance kids at practice and the sprinters at practice cuz a lot of the times if you just were to look at the track, it looks like the sprinters aren't really doing much. Right. But that's that's the thing. It's like sprinters, especially like the better a sprinter gets, the more amount of practice they spend not running. Mm-hmm. The more time that they're on on downtime, because they're able to bring so much. Like when they go, all right, now I want you to sprint as hard as you can for seven seconds. You tell most distance runners to sprint as hard as they can for seven seconds, and they'll go hard, and then in about thirty seconds they're ready to go again. Yeah. If you tell a sprinter, I want you to go all out for seven seconds, they're down for like 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like they're down for a while. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a totally different mentality. So we want to start this episode by just asking, why are we pushing so hard, right? Because a lot of times many runners do come from other sports, especially if you start running later in life. That's my story. Kevin was a runner in high school, so he started running earlier in life. I was a phenomenal flag football star in 7th and 8th grade. Yeah, and basketball player, because we just talked about that tonight, too. Like, your point guard skills were on point. On point. Pun intended. Nailed it. So, yeah, but, okay, so my story is that I did play other sports, right? I played volleyball, basketball, and softball growing up, and I did not become a runner until I met some cute boy in college. So... Coming from other sports, the coaches 
that you have a lot of times tend to push you to go harder, to go faster and give you more and more and more. Like they're trying to get you to really push and, you know, even throw up in some situations depending yes. on your coach. You know, I know that like that's not, I mean, not that it doesn't happen in distance running because it obviously totally does, does. But it's not, we're not out there like screaming at kids as they are like hurling into a trash can. No, I mean, this was one of the things that really threw me with strength training was when I went to college and the cross country team happened to have the weight room at the same time as either the hockey or lacrosse guys. I can't remember because they, they weren't in uniform. They were in like weightlifting stuff and the weightlifting coach. Coaches would get in there as these guys are trying to like max out on the bench press and they'd be like three inches from their face screaming at them to push the bar up like spitting in their face. I'm like, mm. yeah, this does not seem like the environment I want to hang out inside of. But <laughs> I'm glad I'm a runner. Like I'm going to stand over here with my like 20 pounds and do some curls now. Like it was it was weird because like both of the teams there there's like time allotted for the weight room. And yeah. so that was that was our time and we we shared. Um, but in in so many of these sports, the coaches are yelling. It's so intense, but there's also downtime. There's regular downtime. Yeah. Like, they're going hard, 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 and now there's a water break. And now really, really hard, 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 and now there's another water break. There's there's breaks. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen when you're distance training. Yeah, I mean, even in volleyball or so- I mean, softball, there's breaks all the time. Um, and, like, volleyball, basketball, same thing. Like, cause you, you do something, you run like a drill and then there's downtime where the coach is like explaining things and, and actually coaching you and teaching you what, what it is that you didn't, did right, did not do right, what you need to improve upon. So there's a lot of just like standing around time also. And then you jump back in and you like scrimmage or you run another drill and you have to be going hard for that, like five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it might be. But even during like drills a lot of the times you kind of rotate right like you it's your turn and you get like a couple balls and then you go to the back of the line and then you're standing around and then you're in waiting mode you're in like, waiting mode it's, yeah it's designed to be intensity in like 10 to 30 second bursts and then you wait and you observe and you're trying to like process that but during that time you're recovering mm-hmm. on as on the distant side it's like okay now go run five miles right. i'll see you when you get back yeah there's no recovery <laughs> in, in between there unless yeah. you're you know one of our kids sometimes that are like decide they're just going to take a walking break yes yes not not a designed walking break like yeah. if you're run walking and that's what i'm really trying to get a lot of them around to if yeah. like look it's okay if you're run walking just have a plan have three minutes on one minute off have two minutes on 30 seconds just have a structure to it mm-hmm. don't be like eh, my legs hurt i'm gonna walk right and then I'm going to In, walk for 10 minutes. Indefinitely. I'm going to walk <laughs> indefinitely. Right, exactly. So those kinds of sports are much different than endurance or distance running. So if you if you have that kind of background, it's a totally different mentality, right? There's also the runners that come into running from a weight loss mind frame. Again, also one part of my story because I did start running because I wanted to lose weight or get in shape or stay in shape. And so in order to lose weight, you're trying to create an energy deficit. So you're trying to burn as many calories or as much energy as you possibly can. And hopefully you create that deficit by burning more than you're actually taking in so that you can actually lose weight. But you burn more by working harder. So 
when you come into running with that mentality, the mentality is I got to maximize how many calories I burn today. I mean, if you're on a treadmill or any sort of machine, that's like the first thing that pops up, you know, is how many calories you burn. Like it always cracks me up like now with my PT patients, like when I put them on a bike to warm up, like for, you know, five, 10 minutes before their session and they get off and they're like, I burned 10 calories. And I was like, congratulations. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Here, have three raisins. There you go. You can go home now. <laughs> like, right. Um, but I also like the machines because they're already preset. Like, unless you actually type your weight in, it's set for, like, a 150-pound man. Right. So I always thought it was funny to see how many calories I was burning when, like, I first went to the gym with my dad and get popped onto a treadmill. I'm like, And you weighed, like, 100 pounds? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I definitely did not burn that many calories, but I'm going to go home and have some ice cream. And both my parents were trying to get me to put weight on, so they're like, yes, have some ice cream. Right, right. <laughs> but when you come into running with that mentality, then you are more naturally designed to push harder and want to push hard for every single workout. Well, and you want to maximize everything. Yeah. Like, oh, I only have a half hour to work out in, so I better push really hard for this half hour so that I can burn as many calories as possible yeah. in this tiny window. Because Maximum then efficiency. I, well, yeah, because then I've got to go to work and I sit a lot during work and I'm not doing anything there. So you're looking at this window as essentially your only time if you're trying to lose weight. That's your small window to burn extra energy. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying to like, you know, optimize it. Right. Well, there's an issue with that is eventually it's, it's going to max out. Yeah. Like you're going to, you're going to burn out doing that. You're going to hate the exercise because you're just tired all the time mm-hmm. from doing that. Right. And so it's important for those of us that came into running with one of these two mindsets or with any, you know, other similar type of mindset that to, to realize that endurance training is different than many other sports. We have to have a balance of hard days and easy days because the volume is greater. Like when, when you go out for a run, like Kevin said, you're running the whole time. There, there's not a lot, you know, intervals are a little bit different, but even, even with intervals, you're still out there doing something the whole time. You know, sometimes you've got workouts, like some speed workouts where you're designed to actually have those downtime and the resting breaks in between. Between, but a lot of runners, especially recreational runners, real life runners that aren't working with a coach, don't usually do those kinds of runs. Right. They're just running. They just go out and run. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when the volume is greater and you're going out and doing so much in one session, you're going to need recovery time. Excuse the interruption, but I just had to pop in and let you know about an upcoming workshop that we're hosting inside the Real Life Runners Academy. If you're someone that's ever struggled with thoughts or beliefs that are getting in your way, or you think you're self-sabotaging yourself and you can't understand why you're doing things that you don't want to do or not doing things that you know you should be doing or want to be doing, this message is for you. We're hosting a special academy workshop May 14th, and we're bringing in an expert in neuro-linguistic programming, Ms. Megan Blacksmith. And she's going to be teaching us how the thoughts that we have can either be helping us in our life or holding us back. And we want to invite you, our amazing podcast listeners, to join us. So you don't have to be an, a member of the Academy to join us this month. 
You can join for a small one-time fee by going over to realliferunners.com forward slash workshop. If you are a current Academy member, this and all of our monthly workshops and all experts, that's all already included in your current membership. So if you are a current member, do not go to the website and repurchase because it's already included with your membership. But if you want to join just for the workshop, check it out over at realliferunners.com slash workshop today. Now, back to the show. Right. And this is one of the things that I struggle with in trying to like split between talking to the group of distance runners and talking to the sprinters. Like I've got this one kid who comes out to practice and he's like, coach, woo, I am ready to go today. I'm like, it's recovery day. He's like, <laughs> no, 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 I'm ready to go. What? Like, give me something, give me something fast to do. And I'm like, okay, as a sprinter, like I still need you to recover because yesterday was a hard day. But as long as I keep the volume low and their volume's always low, like I look at their workouts and I add it all up. I'm like, all right, all together, you're going to end up doing a bunch. You'll be out here for a while, but the hard running is one full lap of the track. Wow. So like it's intense. It's really hard. They're spent. I mean, they're like doubled over, but it's one full lap of the track. And so on a recovery day where they want to push a little bit, I'm like, okay, we can work with this. We can make it like a really short volume that still has some intensity. Same thing happens with swimmers. Swimmers, because they're not like there's less pounding in the sport, there's less physical wear and tear on the body, they can hit workout after workout after workout mm. because it's it's a non-impact kind of sport. Okay. Like when I lived with a swimmer, it was this constant pounding day after day. He's like, oh man, rough workout, and it's going to be another one tomorrow. I'm like, really? I had a rough workout today, so we're going on an easy run tomorrow. Yeah. And he, he was kind of jealous of this idea. Mm. But distance running has to have this back and forth balance to help your body actually be able to handle all of the volume right because the gains actually come in the recovery time like the actual workout itself breaks the muscle down so it's the recovery following the workout that include like the food that you eat the sleep the rest you know just the relaxation if you if you engage in other forms of recovery like foam rolling massage you know cryotherapy all those good things that actually helps the muscle build itself back up stronger afterwards and that's why recovery is so essential for distance runners right that's like you said that's where the gains come in so you have to have the hard days to actually break the the muscle down because you can't build back stronger if you don't make it to that threshold where the muscle says "Ooh, i need to adapt like if everything is just super easy then the muscle just says all right i can handle all this i don't need to get stronger I don't need to change. But when you push really hard and break it down, it's it's broken. Like you literally are making little micro tears in the muscles. So you need downtime. You need easy days, whether that's an, an easy run. Maybe your easy day is a walk, like a, a, a less impactful cross training. Maybe your easy day is a run. It kind of depends on, on you know, what your, your current experience is. But you need the recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you just go hard all the time, you're just going to start breaking. And that's why so many runners find themselves in this cycle of injury because they go too hard for too long and the body breaks down and they never get enough rest or recovery to actually allow the body to build back up again. Or they're making food choices that are not ideal and so 
they're not fueling their body with the things that their body needs, the nutrients that the body needs to recover and build back stronger. So if you constantly are chipping away at something and only partially rebuilding it, the more you chip away, you're just going to eventually crack right through whatever it is. Yeah. The, the, Food choice is a really good point you make. Maybe yeah. you're like, okay, so easy day, hard day, easy day, hard day, I can handle this. But if your easy day doesn't include actual like stress-free relaxation, if your easy day is full of stress and poor food choices, even though it was physically easy, it didn't allow you to actually recover. Mm -hmm. So maybe you need a couple of those days, or maybe you need to find some way to help sort of alleviate some of that stress. Maybe you need to make better nutrition choices to help you recover quicker, or you need to only have like one or two hard days during the entire week and space them out more. Like if you've got a lot of stress and you know it's going to be a lot of stress, you're not going easy, hard, easy, hard. You're going hard, easy, easy, and then check in on your body on the, on the third day. Yeah. Like at least two easy days and then see how it even feels. Right. Because running is so much more than just running, right? There are strength workouts that we should be doing. There are speed workouts that you should be doing if you want to get faster and avoid boredom. There's the endurance side of things. You need to build power. You need to improve your posture and your body control. You have to control your breath. You have to eat good food to build the body back up. And then let's not forget all of the mental strength and fortitude that we need to be runners and actually master what the heck is going on between our two ears and all the things that we're telling ourselves and the lies that we're telling ourselves and the things that we need to overcome. And, you know, this workout feels really hard right now. I really want to give up. And then the other little side is saying, no, you have to keep going. And then, no, you have to stop now. No, you have to keep going. Like, there's a lot of mental stress involved with running as well especially if you know you're in training mode like that you're training for a race with a goal and there's pressure and then you feel you know all this stuff on you yeah there's the pressure that you're <laughs> putting on you there's this pressure that you're like arbitrarily saying that other people are looking at you like oh if i don't hit my r my pr then all of these people around are going to be judging me no no they're not everybody's going to clap as you cross the finish line mm -hmm. so it's going to be fine on that side but you feel like there's pressure when there's like a goal race coming up you know we can talk about that also and we we have on previous episodes but there's a lot to running yeah. and if you try and hit every single aspect of it like I'm going to simultaneously maximize my endurance and my strength and I'm going to like totally change my running form and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm every workout is a mentally taxing workout not just physically taxing is too much mm -hmm. like it's that just sounds exhausting when it's an easy day and a hard day. The easy day can't be like, okay, well, it's easy physically, but it still has all this mental challenge to it. Or, well, it's not like a hard run, but I'm going to put this difficult strength day in, and then I'll follow it with another hard running workout. Like, that's not a recovery at all. Mm -hmm. You're still going hard every day. Even if you're trying to, like, mix up the different areas you're going hard in, every day is still hard. Right. So we want you to just stop right now. And think about this, you know, like, are you going hard every day? Are you going hard most days? Are you actually giving yourself recovery days and easy days? And if not, why not? 
Like, why do so many of us have this resistance to easy days and especially to running easy? Like, it's one of those things that I I feel like a lot of this goes back to the judgment and the comparison. And a lot of that is of ourselves. Like, we feel like we should be running faster than this or so-and-so is running faster, so I should be too. But then if you're actually running faster – is that actually an easy run? Should you actually be pulling back more? Like why are you resisting actually allowing your body to have an easy day? Yeah, I I think it's so much of it goes back to people who came from other sports. Like yeah. I'm out on the track and I'm listening to all these other sports go and the coaches are setting up pointless comparisons. Like they'll have the kids, they, the lacrosse team was doing something and somebody screwed a thing up and the whole team had to get on the baseline and they were, they were sprinting and the coaches out there screaming at him. Don't be last. If you're last, then we all have to do the set again. Like why? Yeah. Like somebody has to be last. Someone's coming in last. And so now he's got them all racing. And what if that kid always finishes last? Like, yeah. What are you doing to that kid's self-esteem? Right. Like, is that, is that helpful? Like, are you careful? And I mean, I know the coach, like he's, he's good and he, if you pay close attention, he's not literally singling out the same kid every time. But that happens with some coaches. Or maybe he's not singling out the same kid every time, but the way that that kid heard it that day. Maybe something happened earlier in the day, you know, and and so now you're hearing the coach say you're not good enough. And something happened earlier in the day that told you you're not good enough. Yeah, so you this know, is just one more thing. Exactly. And so maybe you're out there and, you know, you're years removed from whatever coach you had back in high school and <laughs> you're heading out on a run and you're like, you know, random stranger passes you on the run going in the other direction and you think to yourself, ooh, I'm not running fast enough today. And you might not say it out loud, but you're like, oh, my coach would not be impressed with what I'm doing right now. I got to make sure I'm going fast enough to prove to my coach that I can do this. Right. And that usually doesn't happen on a conscious level. No, not even close to yeah. a conscious level. Well, and that's funny that you point out like a runner going the opposite direction. What about the other way? Like what if a runner passes you during a run? Like if you live in a Oh, area, I don't even let that happen. Well, you're a different story. But no, that's but the it's, point. it's happened before. I, I Nope, this is not an easy run today. Exactly. Not a chance. I'm right. passing that. That dude and that's the thing is that I think a lot of people do that like a lot of people are like this person can't pass me and so then all of a sudden instead of just sticking to their plan and having an easy run they decide they're going to keep up with that person or <laughs> even pass that person because you know some random dude running down the street matters yeah yeah what are they going to think about you if they right. passed you and pulled away you know they're thinking haha I'm better than that person and judging you no they aren't they don't even know who you are and they might be you know what what if they are <laughs> Then you just made that person's day. That's the way I look at yeah, it. Yeah, that's a win. That's a win. Way to help that person. You help that person. Like, that person passed you and was like, oh, right, I just passed somebody on my run. Maybe this is a running thing is actually working. Maybe this can be for me. I just passed somebody else. And that person looks like they know what they're doing. Like, they're, you know, all in the running gear and they've got, like, you know, the running stuff and they've got good shoes. And I just passed that person. Like... Win, yeah. like you just help that person. Like you don't know, 
you know? Yeah, like, you don't feel, have to feel like you have to keep up with that person. Yeah, there's so many of these, these setups when you're out on a run of whether someone's coming towards you, someone passes you, you see that person in the distance, you're like, I wonder if I can catch them mm-hmm. before we get to that stoplight. Yeah. I've done that one oh, before. Yeah. And then I start getting closer. This one is terrible in the morning when it's kind of dark and you can see like the blinky light on the back of somebody. You're like, I think I can catch them. Yeah, because you can't really judge distance. No, it's hard to judge distance. You certainly can't judge them based off of how they look because all you can tell is that there's a blinking light up in the front. Right. So I've done this one and, you know, it was like, it was a harder run. So I'm like, I, all right, I'm going to really push on this like surge here and go if I can see if I can catch them. And I start getting closer. I'm like, nope, that's a bike. That's a bike. I'm slowing down. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bike. And they are way further ahead than I thought they were. Yeah. But, you know, so... Why do you have a resistance to running easy if if you do, you know? Because I feel like this, again, goes back to that comparison like we were talking about. Very much. And we must fully accept where we are right now, currently, on your journey. Like, stop judging yourself so hard because you are exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Your path and your progress are yours and yours alone because you cannot compare yourself to anyone else. Like you have no idea of the background of the other people around you. Like maybe they started running 10 years ago. Maybe they started running last month. Like you have no idea. And I think this is something that's so easy to do. And I see it a lot like in my running group that I'm a part of is, you know, people feel like they should be doing the same things as other people. But everyone in the running group has a completely different story. Like even the people that I train with sometimes, I'm like, why is that person, you know, her heart rate is so much lower than mine and we just did the same exact run. Like she must be in such better shape than me. But really, we just have different heart rates. Like I have a, I tend to have a higher heart rate. Oh, and she's also been running since high school cross country. You know what I mean? Like she just has so many more running years on her legs and in her body like her body is just so much more used to it than mine is because overall i'm a relatively newer runner right this you know compared to you this one happens a lot of people that they're like okay well we both ran this race we ran this race in a similar time we both took like a month off afterwards and we're trying to get back Mm -hmm. into it how come they're getting back into it so much easier and faster Mm -hmm. well because they got 20 years of running background on you yeah like if I wanted to swing back into like marathon, half marathon training right now and just start building up some slower mileage, I could swing back into that pretty easy. It's not the training cycle I'm in right now. I'm on like the complete other side of it, but I could swing back into that fairly easily because I just have so many years and miles on my legs that I can just pop back into it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a comparison that, that is completely worthless. Like mm-hmm. you and somebody else's running background is totally different. Not to mention you and somebody else's lifestyle and life background and current events and literally just what happened in the last week. They're all very, very different and they're all playing a role in what's happening on that day. So the comparison is just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's not helpful to you in any way because while sometimes comparison can be slightly helpful for it to help you push yourself a little bit maybe then maybe more than you would um if you were by yourself right I mean I had that run this morning like oh sure team mentality team mentality for sure like this morning I was doing half mile repeats and for some reason it was just one heck of a hard run like today this morning did not feel good like I had a run on Saturday 
that felt amazing. I could have kept going forever. Today was not one of those days. And so in my head, I said, I just have to keep up with the person I was running with. You know, Mm -hmm. I was running with my buddy. She was right there. I'm like, just keep up with her. That's all I have to do. Just keep up with her. And so in that situation, it was very good for me to have that person and and it's not that I was comparing myself to her, but I was allowing her to like pull me, pull more out of me, you know, so I was able to push myself harder in order to keep up with her. So in that case, it's a very good thing. But in other cases, it's just not very helpful to you at all. Yeah, the the direct comparison is usually a, a terrible thing because the, the direct comparison is rooted in judgment. Like you compare yourself to somebody else and then you're either better or worse. Like that's, that's how the comparison yeah. goes. The comparison with where you can connect to other people instead of a comparison it's literally just a connection that you can see the the unity the common ground between people mm-hmm. where they may be at a completely different running pace you know they may be finishing in a completely different place inside the race you're training for a 5k they're training for a marathon like whatever it is but there's still this common ground between runners that there are workouts that go well and there are workouts that don't there's everyone struggles with the boredom on like you know oh I gotta go get in a long run this weekend everyone kind of feels that sometimes sometimes it's like oh I get a long run I get this time away I get some some you know relaxation time but there everybody's got that time where it's like oh man I got a long run this weekend that's gonna be just long and boring and I'm tired. (laughs) Like everyone recognizes that. And that's not a comparison. That's, that's a, you know, uniting with the the people around you and Mm -hmm. finding this common ground. And you don't have to find common ground in, in the complaining. You can be like, yeah, that excited feel, feeling that you get after crushing a workout, after pushing really hard in a race, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, you can, Find the joy in the union of running. That's part of why I love running is because it helps bring people together who you don't think would be connected. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who who qualifies for the Olympic trials, like uh, Meb Kofleski is a fantastic example of this. Multiple Olympics. He's got an Olympic silver medal to his name. Like, he's just phenomenal. And now he goes and he runs pace groups inside of marathons Mm -hmm. like he runs the three-hour pace group because to him that's just cruising through 26 miles and he loves it and the joy and the fact that other people have this connection of like i ran a marathon with meb how awesome is that for them and he seems to be as genuinely excited about taking this group of people across the line just under three hours as he was crossing the line of like new york and boston like to break the finish line i believe it you know because i know how i feel when like our coaching clients achieve their wins and just to be a part of that like i'm just so excited for them and i'm not taking pride in that because i don't like they're the ones that did the work 100 but, but you know so i i don't like using the word like i'm so proud of you that's something that i try to to avoid using because i feel like when i say i'm so proud of you that i'm taking credit for part of your success and that is not what i believe like i believe that our clients and you know our kids also i'm very aware of this with our kids too like you're responsible for your own success you did that like we might be coaching you and guiding you through this but you're the one that put in the work you're the one that ran that race you're the one that pushed through and achieved that amazing thing and when i see like when they write to us and they tell us like these wins that they've had and these mental breakthroughs that they have like it just makes me so happy so yeah i totally believe that meb is as is as is 
as excited as when he also, you know, ran these races and yeah. did his and best. And won these and races. And won these races. <laughs> like when you're because... winning world majors, that seems to be an excitement level. But, I mean, he has such a genuine smile. Yeah. Like, I don't think he can ever fake that thing because it's it's a great smile. Oh, yeah. And I don't think you can fake it. So the joy of crossing the finish line and the joy of crossing the finish line in a group of people that you helped bring across the line, both of them are super exciting things. Yeah, but I mean, I, I love what you said there too about the unification of it all because I feel like that's how you and I connect, you know? Like, you, I, I would never compare myself to you because you are on a completely different level than most runners, let alone you know you're a male and I'm a female so you're just typically faster anyway it's it's a silly comparison to put the two of us correct, against each other but that's what I'm saying is that you and I I would never compare myself to you but you and I can still share in all of those things like you just mentioned like the, the long runs or the hard workouts or you know the joy of running a good race like all of those things like even though the numbers on the clock are very different for the two of us we can still we still have the same experiences or the shared types of experiences yeah there's uh there's a podcast that I listen to that it, they interview professional runners and they're like one of the questions that it's often asked is how can the pros connect more to the the quote-unquote back-of-the-pack runners mm -hmm. because there seems to be this disconnect of like well there's elite runners and then there's everybody else mm -hmm. and it's like but they're both runners yeah and at the end of the day like there might be a little bit different training style because you know there there has to be like there just has to be some different training style but everybody's got everybody knows what a hard workout is yeah you know everybody knows what it's like to be in the the grind of a 12-week a marathon half marathon training session if you've ever been there you know week eight isn't super fun yeah. it's just not because mm -hmm. you're not close enough to the finish line but you've been going for a while like people know what that is if you've run in the snow it doesn't matter whether you run in the snow and you're cranking out mile repeats in like 530 or you're cranking out mile repeats repeats in 10 it's still running in the snow everybody gets that like wow that is some solid dedication that you're putting out there yeah. like that's what that is and that's that's how everybody comes together mm -hmm. I have some mad respect for you, all of you snow runners because I swear I I've said this before I don't know if I could be a runner if we lived in a snowy climate I just don't know. It's so hard. I, I mean, I remember when we were at Notre Dame and I would have to walk from my dorm to the gym and I would have to get all bundled up and then go to the gym and work out. And then like I was sweaty and had to come home and then I was even more cold. Then I had to get in the shower and it was cold and it was... Well, your dorm was nowhere near any gym, so that didn't help anything. It was a long walk to the gym <laughs> I, and a lot of snow. And I'm a Floridian. I mean, I, <laughs> I remember the first time that I'd seen snow, like it, it was like flurries on the ground that morning and then we went to practice and it just snowed continuously the entire time we were out yeah. on a 12 mile run it was brutal and it was like it it's snowing what do we do about this and i was there and i'm running with like a guy from minnesota canada michigan uh, another Michigan and I'm looking around. I'm like, who do I ask? What the heck are we supposed to do? That kid, that kid, you're from Southern California. What are we supposed to do? There's white stuff falling from the sky. <laughs> he goes, yeah, we just, we just run. That's put on some gloves. We're going to go now. 
And and that was the answer. It's yeah. like, we, you could complain about it, but who's going to listen? Mm-hmm. Which is generally my take on most things. You could complain about it, but who's going to listen? But who's going to listen? <laughs> right. So for distance runners, like, go big or go home is just not a great long-term motto. It's just not. No, it's just not. Like, if you want to be a runner for the rest of your life, which we hope that you do if you listen to our podcast, because this is all about the running journey. This is about playing the long game. This is about getting you out of injury and having you train smarter so that you can run as long as you want to, that you don't have to be limited by age or by um, a certain injury or arthritis or all these things that people think need to hold them back. Because if you train correctly, if you train smarter, you can run for the rest of your life. Yeah, the the go big or go home, as a distance runner, go big or go home usually means you're going to spend a lot of time at home. At home, because, in a lot of pain. Yeah, because at home is where you can ice that knee or hip or back or ankle or whatever it is that you hurt mm-hmm. yet again. Yeah. You know, oh, then the plantar fasciitis flared up yet again. Well, right. that's because you kept trying to go big. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to go easy so that you can just keep going. Because right. it's not a go big or go home. It's, it's literally just go. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. <laughs> like the motto isn't go big or go home. The motto is simply go. And that's just and not just, as sexy. Just keep going and then keep going. Like... You know, like, it's funny to say it's a marathon because there's so many people listening that are like, yeah, okay, I get that. I get that metaphor going on there. But it's it's a long run. Like, it's not a sprint here. It's how long can I keep doing this? And, you know, maybe there you reach a point where the PRs stop kind of flowing in as freely. But that doesn't mean that you can't keep pushing yourself. That doesn't mean that you can't try a new adventure. That doesn't mean that the goals have to stop. And that certainly doesn't mean that you have to stop running. Mm-hmm. Like you just keep a, a different adventure, right. you know, you just keep going. I mean, and you can see this even in the elite runners too. You know, a lot of the elite runners, they start off on the track and they're doing the one mile or they're doing the half mile or they're doing, you know, these shorter distance events or yeah, shorter distance events, but, um, they start off on the track and so they're doing shorter, faster running. And then as they get older, they just kind of gradually transition. Okay, now they're going to be running the 5K. The You know, they're doing the 5,000. Now they're doing the 10,000. Now they're going to transition into the marathon, you know. And then after their marathon career kind of starts to plateau or they're, again, not at the front of the pack as much, then they're getting into ultra marathons. Like they just kind of, what are we naming Kara Goucher over here? Kara Goucher is a perfect (laughs) example of that. You know, like she's one of these perfect examples that did exactly that. I mean, they're at Molly, Molly Huddle. She's another great example. Like she started out in shorter distances and now she's rocking it in the marathon. I mean, she's got the whole thing. And part of that is a, is a monetary issue is there's, unless you were at the top, top, top of your, of the field, there's not a lot of money on the track. Um, so athletes move over to the roads, but a lot of, it is that it just kind of transitions. It's hard to maintain your speed at mm-hmm. that level. There's hundreds of people that have broken the four minute mile, but there's something like four that have broken the four minute mile after the age of 40. Mm, so yeah, because there, there's a point where it's just, it's difficult to still hold that level of speed. Mm-hmm. Like the body just doesn't want to operate with that level of, of movement. Like Olympic sprinters, aren't usually in their mid to upper 30s but 
there's this sort of movement of you don't have to be in your late 20s to peak as a marathoner. This is much later. And so you're getting you're getting runners on men and women's side mm-hmm. that are in their upper 30s, in their low 40s mm-hmm. that are qualifying for the Olympic trials. The Olympic trials. Yeah. That's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And I, I love what you said there too about how when we – continue to get older it's a little bit harder for us to hold on to some of that speed that our muscles are able to produce when we're younger and it just made me think about a lot of like the weekend warriors or the people that get back into running after like a long hiatus a lot of times I feel like we try to jump back in right where we left off right so you know like if if you were a runner in your 20s or early 30s and then hey, life happened and you got married and had kids and kind of fell out of it and you kind of ran here and there. But then now the kids are starting to get a little bit older and they're in off in high school and going on to college and you have a little bit more time. It's like, all right, now it's time to jump back into my training. And a lot of times people try to jump back in right when they le- right where they left off, even if there was a very extended amount of break time. <laughs> I haven't run in 15 years, but back when I was 23, I used to be able to <laughs> handle 80 miles a week and I was averaging six minute pace yeah let's do it let's do this thing <laughs> I'll be icing everything tomorrow mm-hmm. like that that's the issue or like you said they come from like football or like one of these other types of sports and they have that mentality yes and now they get into running so not only are they getting into a completely different sport that needs a completely different mentality but they're also 20 years older than they were yeah so now it's go bigger oh wait never mind i'm just gonna ice everything i'm just gonna i'm just gonna sit here in this ice bath (laughs) i'm gonna fill my bathtub with ice water and i'll be here for a couple days all right i got one more shout out we gotta do because i we pointed out carrie goucher on the phenomenal transition from track and into marathoning and then into ultra marathoning now um but bernard lagat is trying to qualify for his fifth Olympics. He's a phenomenal human being. He's in his low 40s, and he has a legit shot of making his fifth Olympic team, but now in the marathon. Everything's been on the track. Like, he was the best miler in the world for a little while, and now he has a legit shot of... He's setting Masters world records. He might make the Olympics. Didn't didn't you tell me that he's, like, set, like, every... Like, the Masters world record in, like, every In, like, everything. Like, everything. Yeah. And that's like one of his goals is like to set the master's record in every distance. Yeah, I, isn't I, that isn't that Dina's goal too? I don't know. I feel like she's got like a, a goal about like bec- a master runner, like setting master's records. Yeah, but she was never that that low on like the mile. Like he was yeah. one of the greatest milers in the world at one yeah. point. So um, I, I'm sure Caster has a lot of them on the upper levels and in the longer distances. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly the American records. Yeah, yeah. So. Obviously, go big or go home is not really the mentality that you want to be playing with when you are a distance runner, especially if you are a real-life runner that has other commitments and a job and kids and a family and blah, 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 A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know, those that's really not the mentality that's going to serve you in the long run. Right. So there's there's some issues with it. One, it's looking for these extremes. You you either go big or go home. That it creates this false binary that it has to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. There is in fact a middle ground. And it also creates the very big danger of it's looking for immediate results and that's not how this works. Right. Like it's a it's a longer game as a distance runner. There's there's not 
everything or nothing, and it's not everything right now. Like, that's not the option. The the distance runner, I mean, the motto doesn't flow quite as freely, but it's take joy in where you're currently at, thoughtfully reflect upon the goal of where you want to become, and now start acting as that person so that you continue making steady progress towards that goal. That's a lot to write on a shirt versus go big or go home. <laughs> you know, like, if you're, if you're putting that on the motto of a back of a shirt, I feel like that... I'm going to make it on a banner, and I'm going to stretch it all the way around the track. It's just going to keep going. It'll be great. <laughs> or you could have a, a plane fly it overhead, and people have to sit, sit there and read it for five minutes. Just It'll be several planes carrying <laughs> multiple banners as they fly over the Sorry, field. It'll be great. Sorry, it's too long. <laughs> but yeah, so going back to this idea of training smarter, not harder, okay? So clearly, number one, play the long game, okay? Do not try to maximize every single workout, or if you really are in that mind frame of maximizing every workout, understand that going easy is maximizing every workout. Like when you have those easy days built in, that is maximizing all of your training in those harder days. Like that's how you maximize your results. You go easy. You take recovery days. And that is so counterintuitive intuitive for a lot of us i mean that did start trending on uh instagram for a little while there it was like hashtag recovery day and Mm -hmm. it was like how how low can my recovery day be yeah and people would put up like you know their watch with their step tracker of like yesterday i got thirty thousand steps and today i have 450 yeah like hashtag recovery day Mm -hmm. like oh okay well maybe it doesn't need to be that much like you can get off the couch and walk around like you can still (laughs) have like a healthy lifestyle and move a little bit but you do need to actually recover Mm -hmm. yeah so that's That's definitely a big part of training smarter, not harder. Another one would be strength training, okay? Adding strength training into your program. It doesn't, again, like like Kevin said, it doesn't have to be with a coach screaming in your face for you to do that one rep max bench press. Like you can still do strength training without having to maximize every single lift session, but that way you're still targeting those muscles that you need to support you and stabilize you as a runner. All right. This one's going to be a little weird for me to say, but that's why I like yoga. Mm-hmm. Because I like that sentence. I know it's weird for me to get it out, um, but I don't think I've ever heard those words out of your mouth before. No, um, but it's so good because it's it's body weight. Like it, there's some awkward positions that you have to get into that you're supporting your body weight with some muscles that aren't you know normally set up to be supporting everything, but it's still just body weight exercises. Like you don't have to be putting, you know, stacks and stacks of the 45 pound weights on the end of a bar and the bars bending in half in order to have strength training. The, the strength of someone going through this amazing yoga flow is incredibly strong. Mm -hmm. And you could, you know, take Olympic level weightlifters and have them watch someone who's so good and controlled at yoga to go from like a plank position and then just glide from that into a handstand. And that guy who is so strong that they can't put their arms down would look at that and say, that is also incredible strength. Mm -hmm. Like, that's incredibly strong and it's it's body weight exercise. Absolutely. And I think that there is this big push right now for runners to be doing heavy lifting. And I feel like that is okay for some people. A lot of the elites are doing heavy lifting and it is good for them. They are developing power and strength in their muscles, which they need. 
as real life runners, how much of that do you really need? How much of that do you really want to do also? Like some, a lot of runners hate weightlifting. So if you hate weightlifting and the idea of lifting heavy weights is really stressful and anxiety producing in you, then don't do it. There's a lot of other ways that you can strengthen yourself besides just going to the gym and like muscling out like three repetitions of like max weight. It's you make a great point there of if that's not your style of weightlifting, that doesn't mean that you can't weightlift. Right. You know, you don't have to be doing the Olympic lifts. And sure, they're showing that you're getting great returns on this sure. at the elite level. So maybe you could take your 5K and you could optimize 1% out of it. Is that worthwhile to you? But here's the thing. <laughs> like, if you're at an elite level, every half a percentage matters. As a real-life runner, it just doesn't. Like, you need to master the basics first before you start worrying about all these little tiny details it's like when we talk about nutrition people worry oh I gotta get in the perfect meal in the 30 to 60 minutes following my workout so that I get the maximum benefits of my workout really like how important is that 60 minute window if you're eating like crap the rest of the day like it's just not important and until you really maximize and get good at those basic skills like eating a vegetable at every meal, making sure you're getting enough lean protein, having complex carbohydrates and cutting out the processed foods and the sugars and the simple carbs. Like that stuff is way more important than what you do in that 60 minute window right after a workout. Well, similarly, if you're training by running twice a week, at three miles each time, is it super important that you're getting the exact right pacing on that? Or could your training be improved by adding in literally a third day of running during the week? Right. Like that's going to have massive more payoff than that. You know, if you're at an elite level and you're already running a hundred miles a week, then sure, you got to really figure out what it is that you can fine tune to gain any sort Mm -hmm. of advantage. Right. But most real life runners can find advantages all over the place in all over in things that they can still enjoy mm-hmm. like you don't have to be like oh i guess i have to do that thing i hate and i have to go all in on it right in order to be better no you don't no you don't you can find things that will keep you happy and still help you improve in your running yeah strength training if you don't like lifting then get some bands you know use some bands use your body weight go to yoga do some push-ups push-ups are really good burpees you might hate them but they're really good for you like there are things that you can do that to maximize you know some of the things that you need to be doing to to train smarter and keep yourself out of injury but that doesn't mean that you have to be spending hours and hours in the gym so training smarter is also about finding what works for you finding a routine that you enjoy because why are you a runner anyway it's probably because it's something that makes you happy and if it's not then I really want you to question why you're doing it because (laughs) Why are you doing it? Like running makes people happy. Being a part of the running community makes people happy. Why are you listening to a running podcast right now? Like you want to learn more so that you can be a better person, so that you can be a better runner. But what does being a better runner look like to you? And that vision to you is allowed to be different than it is to every other runner on the planet. And ultimately, that vision of being a better runner then makes you a better person, and that makes you a better person on the planet. And it's not a comparison thing. It's literally spreading the joy of running into other areas of your life and taking the joy that you get out of running. That doesn't mean forcing all of your friends and family and coworkers that they all have to become runners. But but they should. But you could, you could put it out there. Like, you don't <laughs> have to twist somebody's arm, but you could say, like, hey – 
I'm going to go for a run. You have any interest in this? Like you can put this out there and just build the running community. Hey, I know that I, I heard that you ran. There's this podcast I listened to. You know, you could share us. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, sure, that's a shameless pitch for ourselves. But if you get, if you find us amusing, maybe someone else could find us amusing and educational and they could gain something from this also. Right. So share it, share it with somebody else, you know, and, and just spread this as much as you can, because then we all become runners and runners are better, happier people. And then the world becomes a better and happier place because instead of fighting with each other, we all just go out for a run. <laughs> Like, ah, man, I was really pissed off at that person, but I, th- we decided to just go out for a run together and we got over it yeah. because it's hard to be angry at somebody when they're cranking out half mile repeats with you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so there, so there's a lot, you know, to training smarter and not harder. So we're asking you to just kind of take a couple minutes and just reflect on your running and, and ask yourself if you are, you know, tending to go harder than you should be. Are you taking enough easy days? Are you taking enough recovery days? Are you also giving yourself those harder days? Like you do still need the harder days. They just need to be not as often as some people might think. I think overall variety is the key, making sure that you are having different runs with different purposes at different paces and giving yourself the ability to enjoy all of those different aspects of your running as well. Yeah. And giving yourself the grace to know that hard days are are okay if they're not every single day that you're Mm -hmm. still in fact improving, even if you aren't, you know, doubled over and, and breathing as hard as you possibly can. Yeah, exactly. So that about wraps up what we have for you today. We are now going to move on to one of our favorite segments, and that is the runner of the week. Yes. This runner we have been working with for a few months now. I think we started working with him in August, and he just completed his first 15K this past weekend, um, the Hot Chocolate 15K, and he did so great, Um, and we absolutely love what ended up happening in this race because he went out there with a goal, and he was trying to hit a certain time, And as he was going, he noticed that there was another runner in the race that was really struggling. So he decided to kind of forego him achieving his goal in order to help this younger runner to just get through and complete the race. And I feel like that is such the essence of the real life runner and the running community and to be able to do that and know like, you know what, it's okay. I don't need to hit that this time around because I'll get it the next time. Like my goal is going to be there for me because he was completely capable of achieving this goal for himself, but he chose to help out another runner that was really struggling and help that kid get across the line. And that was absolutely awesome. So this week, we want to honor Sean Nixon as our runner of the week. Woohoo! Right, Sean's been, he's been a lot of fun to work with because he has the this sort of like willingness to experiment. He takes the schedule that we've got and makes it fit into his busy work and life schedule and trying to figure out when he can fit in, you know, whatever the workout is. And maybe he does it by just looping a, a mile consecutively over and over and over again. He makes it work and he's, he's been willing to experiment and try and like stretch out how long can he go and try different run walk balances and he's just willing to try so many things and had clearly gotten to a point where he knew the intervals 
And so then when he explained how, how his race went and why he slowed down so much at the end because he was helping somebody else get across the line, it was just it was an amazing story to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So we reached out to Sean to let him know that we had chosen him, and this is what he wrote back. Thank you very much for honoring me as Runner of the Week. I am grateful that I found the Real Life Runners a few years ago when I reignited my joy of running, Run Walk. The podcast was the only one that I felt spoke to me as a beginner. I appreciate the many different topics from self-care to gratitude to journaling. I haven't grasped that 100%, but getting better. I have learned through your podcast and coaching that the outcome of the race is important, but the process is just as important, or even more important as the race. Here we learn our weaknesses and strengths. During my first 15K last weekend, I helped a young runner finish out the race as he appeared to be struggling. It felt good to help, and I hope that as I move forward in my journey that I can help and inspire others to get out and accomplish something each day. Thank you again, and I look forward to more awesome podcasts and coaching. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us, Sean. It was so inspirational, and I'm sure you have definitely inspired other people around you, as well as um, those of us here in the tribe that have been able to experience and watch your journey. Um, You're definitely an inspiration. Now just keep on doing what you're doing, and we know that you're going to go and do amazing things this year. So that's it for this week. We are excited to announce that we will be reopening our Real Life Runners Training Academy very soon. So if you want to be the first to be notified when we open it up, we have made a lot of changes. We're making a lot of improvements. We're adding some different things in um, to make this much more accessible to more people. So we're really excited about the changes that we've got for you guys, and we think that you're really going to love it. So if you want to be first on the list to be notified when our doors open... Head over to yourrunningplan.com, and there you can sign up to be on our wait list. And if you do that, we're going to send you some exciting um, free stuff as well to help support you where you are on your running journey right now. So head over to yourrunningplan.com to sign up for that. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 127. Thank you so much for joining us. Now get out there and run your life. If you're ready to have more fun and achieve the goals that matter to you without sacrificing the rest of your life in the process, this message is for you. Maybe you're feeling confused or frustrated because you're not making the progress you want, even though you're running three times per week or more. Maybe you're feeling tired or sore all the time because you're pushing harder every day trying to get better. Maybe you want to run longer, but every time you run a couple of miles, that nagging knee pain starts to act up again. Maybe you've been told that you should probably stop running so much because you're getting older, but you refuse to accept that and want to find a way to continue to improve in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Maybe you just feel like you're winging it every day and want to start working towards a goal. You want to feel better and be able to make progress in your running as you get older. And if you're like us and the other runners we work with, you want your running to help you become stronger and more resilient in all other areas of your life too. Plus, You need something that fits in your real life that is simple, easy to understand, and effective. Don't worry, we've got you. If you're ready to transform into a strong, confident, and successful real-life runner, the Real Life Runners Academy has everything you need. It includes training plans, coaching, and programs that will teach you how to run faster, run longer, feel better, and accomplish your goals. Check it out today over at realliferunners.com forward slash academy.
Enrollment will be opening soon, so be sure to join the waitlist so that you can be notified when doors are open. It's time to run your life.